0: Welcome to Polly's Playoff. This is a potathon that was previously recorded for the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's. Polly's Playoff is a tournament to end Alzheimer's. Please enjoy and donate at the link provided. With that, we also have another guest who unfortunately gets dragged into the IDP conversation again. Um, hey, Brad's little mini-me back there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We got uh, one that's
1: finishing up class for the day, so you'll see nice. it for another ten minutes or so.
0: Very cool. Very no nice. worries. My kids have, nice. have hopped on with us too, but we've got the wonderful Jesse Moeller. Jesse's been super supportive. Think jumped on the potathon for the first time last year, if I remember correctly, and also <laughs> talked IDP. I can't remember if it was with you or not, Brad. But um, I think it was, think it was a my boy. first
1: year doing it.
0: Gotcha. So, um but with Brad here, uh, it felt too natural <laughs> to talk IDP. um so, and, and Jesse was kind enough to oblige in that as well. So uh, before we get jumping into the IDP, where can people find you guys uh, and uh, anything in particular that you want to plug, Brad, will let you go first.
1: Uh, no, I mean, you know, follow us at RoadHeat.com and that'll get you to everywhere you need to go. Uh, the more important thing is what we're here to do, which is to help a good
2: cause. So Thank Jesse, you. my friend, where can people find you? All right, so I don't want to plug too much content because that just gets monotonous at a certain point. But you can find me on PGW or The League Winners. Those are the main places that I write content for. Um, but besides that, it's just Twitter or X or like, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier, whatever that platform is called these days. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I did want to wear my Beat the Bridge shirt to support another cause because, like, you know what? I'm type 1 diabetic, so I very much support anybody doing causes that support others. So I figured, hey, wear my shirt, have fun with it, and, yeah, come support what we're all here for, Always playoff. playoffs. Awesome. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. So um, quick reminder too. whole point of the day is to raise money for the Alzheimer's association. I haven't checked my email in a little bit, but we have raised about $265. Um, now, 240 of that was from Prue's donation um, because he, he is a man of his word and matched his, uh, his donation um, because we hit 240 people. Uh, but if you can stomach a donation of $241 or more, uh, then you have a chance to win some poly's playoff merch so get in there and donate even if you can't do 250 um we are charging along towards a goal for our team of I think ten thousand dollars as an entire team and if I remember correctly excuse me we're sitting at about uh seven thousand maybe six. Six thousand, six thousand four hundred fifty-six dollars. That's awesome. So we're about sixty-four percent of the way. Um, the walk to end Alzheimer's for Greenville is in October, if I remember correctly. Um, obviously, if you don't live in Greenville, you don't have to come to my walk. Like that'd be super cool to meet some of you in pre in person, but you don't have to do it. You can sign up, uh, even be on our team, but then go to your local walk, um, and you can find all that at walktoendalzheimers.com. So. Um, that's my, my spiel. Let's get into the topic of IDP. Well, let's um, be honest.
1: I love the Carolinas. I would be down there in a heartbeat. Every time oh. we go to Florida, we stop in the Carolinas. <laughs> there's a there's a restaurant my oldest daughter will mm-hmm. make us go to, which is over by Hilton Head, I think. Okay,
3: it's called The Lunch it? Lady.
1: It's called The Lunch okay. Lady. It's like this little hole in the wall, like the most amazing restaurant. And yeah. now every time we go to Florida, we have to stop there, even if it's out of the way. And so Carolina is a blast. I love being down there.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I love stuff like that little stories where you you have to hit the certain spots on your road trip and Uh it just creates those memories over year over year. Like, yeah, you're like, this is like the 10th year we've gone down there. You know where we're going to go. I love, I love doing stuff like that every time. Yeah. It's
1: good memories. It's a blast, but yes, IDP we're here for the defense, right? It wins championships. Yeah,
0: it does win championships. Defense wins championships. Offense wins games. I live by that. Um, I had a really good question. Maybe it'll come back to me, Brad, Um, on just kind of how, defense plays a part in your drafting of the offensive side like um and I I can't remember what it was so hopefully it'll come back to me but let's jump into I I gave you three categories uh yesterday and you were kind enough to come in and uh and fill that out for me let's start with players to watch um because you've got if I remember correctly the third overall pick he might have been the second I don't remember Houston was weird but Will Anderson Jr. um who you know, like I'm an Auburn fan. I've watched Alabama um, dominate for for way too long. That dude is a menace. And so, why is he a, your first player on your honor? Your players to watch.
1: Well, I think he brings a different style, but he's also—I mean—they've built this defense for players like him. So when you look at uh, D'Amico Ryan's former NFL linebacker, now head coach, like he's trying to build San Francisco's style of defense. Yeah, there in Houston and he needs his Nick Bosa. Well, Will Anderson supposed to be the Nick Bosa, right? He's supposed to be the guy that bends the edge that just destroys tackles and makes them look silly on his way to the quarterback. <laughs> and you and you only saw him for a few snaps in New England. But if you if you looked at that film and, and I watched those, I think it was like six snaps. he might have played watch them over and over again. You saw college in the NFL. He bent the edge, got around that tackle, got back there and wreaked havoc. And I don't necessarily think he got a sack, but he affected the game. And that's what they're looking for. So I think in IDP purposes, he may not be elite in year one, but he certainly is going to show us why he was one of the top five picks very quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jesse, I don't know about you, um, but in IDP drafts that I've done, like I was probably stupid early on Will Anderson Jr. Just because I, I knew how good he was going to be. Um have you, Jesse or Brad, have, have you taken him anywhere that you were like, yeah, I took him early, but it's going
2: to be worth it? So just a caveat, my my one IDP we, league we were in, they disbanded yeah. it because they wouldn't improve the scoring. And it was like shallow <laughs> rosters. So it's like a couple of years ago, our buddy got uh, Micah Parsons in like the fourth round because nobody wanted to take IDP players, right? because wow. so and of course, And he was like a top five defensive player mm-hmm. as soon as he stepped on the field. So, yeah, no surprise, this team was a championship contender from that point on. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, I think this draft class is kind of interesting because there's not a lot of true difference makers as far as like guys you can count on. They immediately step in and they like put up like, you know, much tackles for a loss, sacks like that. There are a couple of linebackers who I find interesting, actually. Um, so it depends on how you want to look at it and how the scoring is because if it's traditional ADP, right, like linebackers are king. So, you know, we got, we got Sanders, who's very interesting. Like he's a, a freak athlete and he's in Denver but like I don't know how often he's going to be on the field and how much they're going to use him so it's kind of interesting comparing him and then of course you know Jack Campbell and oh I'm long on Jack Campbell <laughs> yeah that's he went really high in the draft so I don't know but I mean obviously they have a plan for him in Detroit so if he's going to be on the field early he's going to be valuable because he's going to get all snaps he's going to be making tackles and stuff like that so if you want to look at somebody who's going to make an impact early it's probably going to be him at the linebacker position just because the way they used him and how they want to use him. I think that's very interesting. So yeah. he's the one I would be like focusing and keeping an eye on. And then of course there's yeah. all the D-line like we could talk about too. Yeah. Oh, so Justin's Brad-
1: absolutely hundred percent correct. I mean, this class is got a lot of question marks, but a lot of potential as well. So, I mean, yeah. nobody should be looking at IDP in, in typical IDP leagues. I mean, you really shouldn't be thinking about them until early to mid second at the, I mean, at the earliest, but I did see that's people- for your, your Boses and your Parsons and your TJ Watts, right? Oh, well like, yeah so rookie i'm sorry rookie draft we're talking yeah, yeah, if we're yeah. Talk, yeah if you're talking a startup i mean if you're drafting an idp before round six probably middle of the sixth i would question it because you don't really need to you <laughs> yeah. know like six round on that's when i really start looking at my high end idp guys Gotcha. That's for sure no so i
0: think the earliest it took Will anderson in a rookie draft is like the 112
1: i did i have seen a few people take him in the late first and this year i don't hate on somebody for doing it because he's probably the only true like you know he's going to be valuable from day one and probably yeah. uh if not you know startable most weeks so I don't yeah. hate it. I did not I have zero shares of Will Anderson because oh, I man. just couldn't pull the trigger at yeah. you know one one twelve, two one, two two. I was like, yeah, I feel good about him at like two four on and and
2: yeah. Yeah, that was gonna be my question is where you're comfortable taking him, but yeah, that you makes know,
1: sense. I don't hate people for doing it in the late first because in this, especially in this draft class, I mean, after the first few picks, you know, it's it really is a crapshoot. Like everybody can just take their guy. And mm-hmm. I saw people yeah. taking, you know, in Superflex, I saw people taking the Anthony Richardson of the world at you know at one two because they really did like him that much more, you know. What? And I, <laughs> I I don't saw, hate it. I saw Anthony Richardson go one on one in multiple rookie drafts this year.
2: Yeah, I've um, seen I've seen that, and I'm like, Yeah,
1: okay, okay, all right, all right. But you can't hate on it, right? Like you've got your guy. I mean, there Mm -hmm. could be potential knocks on all these guys, you know, Bryce Young with his size, CJ Stroud with Kenny handle pressure, you know, Anthony Richardson has all the physical tools, but you know, decision making. Can he throw the ball? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, take your guy, take your shot and be happy with it.
2: Right? So like we saw we saw the Texans line be just in shambles in <laughs> Week One, even though that's supposed to be a good offensive line for Shrouds. So but I was like, all right, maybe that points not holding up so well. So we'll see how that line uh, transitions to the season.
1: Let me. So, what Brad, we see
2: is there's no depth. Sorry, I
0: he, no, 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 you're fine. My my question for you is like, for those of, for the people that don't typically play, play IDP and aren't as familiar with that, like the chinks in the armor for the offense can be. You know decision making for quarterbacks size for quarterbacks size for running backs um vision for running backs uh ability to separate for wide receivers uh ability to catch for tight ends different things like that um what would you say are like the most common we'll call them chinks in the armor for the idp side
1: uh from coming from college to the nfl it's game speed right okay. like if they can't handle how fast the nfl is that's a hard thing um a defensive side, a lot of it's reading, reacting. It's the mental side of things. So Jack Campbell has a chance to be really. I'm a Lions guy, so I want Jack Campbell to be the next Chris Spielman, but he has to be able to make the right decisions, the right calls. You know, when it comes to the linebackers, you're probably top one, two on each team. Really have a chance to be fantasy relevant, but they have to be able to pick it up, understand the reads, understand where they need to be at all times. I mean, it's it can be very difficult because going from a college defense, which be more basic in certain situations and not as complex as what some of these guys are going to see in the nfl it, it can be hard so speed and the knowledge side of things are really the two big ones that will keep a guy off the field i mean look at what seattle has dealt with over these last four or five years trying to redo the legion of boom uh-huh. keep drafting toolsy guys that just can't pick up the speed of it and can't you know develop another move like they're really good you know bull rusher or or, uh, or a speed guy but they can't develop anything else well they can't stay on the field but for one or two snaps and that loses all fantasy relevance in my mind
0: yeah okay so we we've mentioned him a couple times you've got jack campbell on this list of players to watch um i can't remember i don't think i did any idp rankings for roto heat but um was no. was looking at him uh in the off season he's not he's not my favorite player because when I was watching his film, it, it felt like he was a statue. Um, I felt like he, he he was way too static um, when playing. Um, obviously, you just mentioned you're a Lions guy. You want him to be good. What, like, what do you see him as being for, from a fantasy perspective?
1: Um, he's probably not a starter this year in Detroit, quite honestly. I mean, their linebacker room. So they took Derek Barnes a couple years ago, and they needed him to develop – but he came from Purdue. So he had no, I mean, his, his knowledge of the defense was really minor. So he needed to grow. They are playing him. I mean, they put the green dot on him in preseason. Like they want Derek Barnes to be a thing because he's got crazy insane athleticism. So him and Alex Anzalone and then Malcolm Rodriguez, who was a bit of a breakout last year, are the guys that they're really going to look to early. Maybe Jack Campbell becomes a thing as the season goes on. I mean, the nice thing about Campbell is you saw it in preseason game one. Like he's, he's, he's pretty solid, Um, they're trying to drop him in coverage and see how he can do. So as long as he can kind of continue to develop dropping back in coverage, because Detroit's linebackers need to be able to do some coverage stuff, especially if you're on the edge. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, if he can continue to show that fierce, you know, tackling ability that he had at Iowa, get on the field.
0: Yeah. That was the thing that I did notice that I loved about him. Like he's a sure tackler. Like I Mm -hmm. don't feel like people really broke tackles on him a ton.
2: No, I think his, his coverage ability is a big question mark. So if he's able to show that, then he'll be on the field. Right. But like if you're getting burned in coverage in the NFL or teams are just going to see him on the field, they're going to attack it. And if he can't show up, then yeah, he's not going to get on the field. So he's got to score that up for sure.
1: hundred percent. I mean, he's basically right now he's kind of slated behind Alex Anzalone just because Anzalone basically plays a very similar role and struggles in coverage. I mean, if we've watched mm-hmm. any Lions games over the last couple of years, they're targeting Anzalone or saints games when he was still with them. I mean, he just doesn't do coverage as well. He tries, but not as great.
0: Yeah. So the next guy you've got on here is Chase Young. Um, I'm just going to try and put this as lightly and politely as I can. What the heck do we do with, with Chase Young? I want him to be a thing. That's why I put him on here.
1: Because yeah, Chase Young I, is supposed to have been a thing, right? He's got the talent, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just hasn't put it together. He hasn't stayed healthy the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, what we do is we, that's why he's a watcher. Like I wouldn't target him right now. I mean, unless you had room on your team, depending on how deep your team is to go trade for him and you can get him for cheap, yeah. but I have a couple of shares of young and I'm not trading him because I'm like, man, I really need this guy to be a thing because he has the talent Yeah. and Washington's defense is perfect for edge rushers. I mean, Montez sweat has been a sort of a thing for a couple of years because edges in the Washington system
2: have productive ability. Cause that interior is ridiculously good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. If
2: he's if he's able to stay healthy, like the talent is absurd. So if he's on any you add him to that D-line, that's like Washington D line is already very good. If they get fully healthy with him, like that's a problem in the NFC East.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so so
1: you really have to keep an eye on him. I mean, if if you see development in him this year, great. This might be it, though, in my mind, from a fantasy perspective. Like, I might be out on him after this if he just really can't Um, get it together.
3: Yeah,
0: so Let's say, hypothetically, in a dynasty league, you were going to get him. What what would be your minimum offer?
1: I mean, I'd be offering a third or a fourth, but the owner's probably going to want a second, right? Okay. I mean, because he was taken highly, what was he, first-round pick for them a couple of years back. Yeah. Like the owner's going to want more than you're willing to pay because he just hasn't done it. Yeah, I'm not paying you for productive IDP play when I have not seen productive IDP play.
2: Yeah, would you would you split the difference where it's like a two for a three and Chase Young type deal sure. like that? Yep, oh. absolutely. I mean,
1: I'm all about trading. Like anybody in leagues yeah. with me, I mean, Shane's <laughs> made. Deals. We just got in a league. We made a huge
0: trade. <laughs> like
1: I'm not afraid to trade because I know worst case scenario I just make another one if I need exactly. it. Exactly. So, that's you know.
2: the thing. You can always just reshuffle and
0: re-deal. It's like that's what I love about Dynasty. Just
2: I know. Brad didn't swap sure.
0: Brad didn't like my my first trade I made in that league. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you got to learn, right? You just got to yeah. learn,
1: and no, I yeah. have no problem calling out trades that looks. <laughs> it wasn't suspect. Like I don't,
0: I don't blame you for doing it, but I just, yeah,
3: I like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah.
0: and then I went and looked. So just to, so essentially, I gave a, a pretty large package to get Travis Etienne and Trevon Walker. Um, mm-hmm. And then I went and looked at the scoring, and I think that's what's throwing me is just the scoring for the league mm-hmm. on the IDP side. Um, Shervon walker was not as good from an idp perspective as i uh was valuing him at least so your um, Jags homerism showed out in that trade
1: oh h- that.
2: hell yeah <laughs> that's the thing with idp the scoring so different in every idp league i've been in i wish yeah. it was more centralized just because it would be a lot easier but that's the thing people need to be interested mm-hmm. in too because you go into a new idp league and you're like wait this guy scores how many less points than in the other league like that's the thing yeah. that always catches my attention
1: yeah, and that and that brings up a good point. We have uh, on Roto Heat, we have the scoring. It is the scoring that's used in this league, but we've tried to make this standard in any Roto Heat IDP mm-hmm. leagues or, or any IDP leagues I've started up. Like I, I've switched over and and created a new home league and I set this as the IDP scoring because it is fairly balanced. I mean, it's not too crazy across the board, but it makes it good enough that if you have a weak offense and you maybe don't have super deep wide receivers or running backs, maybe you just have really solid starters, you can still be successful and build a good defense to help support some of that, that lack of depth so th- that's my thing with idp is it's like make it good enough to help you support if you're not strong on offense but not so overpowered that it's like
2: ridiculous and why would mm-hmm. you do it right yeah. exactly that makes that makes the most sense like if you're using it you want it to be a tool for everybody that they can use these teams so yeah 100 yep. 100
0: all right uh Ernest jones linebacker la rams um why Why is he on your list for you? Because, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that.
1: <laughs> you know, he's, he's kind of been a thing. Like, last year, you could have played him in some starting positions because he – I think he was, like, a top 125 IDP guy last year. Like, he had – uh he had close to 70 total tackles he got involved a little bit uh like an interception or two maybe just one interception last year you know he he showed some things and la is trying to rebuild that defense you know they got rid of bobby wagner they still have aaron donald so that you know there's always going to be some pressure up the middle there so a guy like ernest jones who they've drafted they've developed they really like could prove to be a nice kind of stashable idp asset that gives you really decent starter reps Maybe in case of bye weeks, or maybe just need a number two that could be boom or bust, right? Like at, you know, it's 70 ish total tackles and you know, some force uh some TFLs and an interception or two. I mean, not super sexy, but certainly usable. And that defense needs something. I mean, they're they're still trying to figure out who they are and build that identity. So they're changed over. Jalen Ramsey's gone. I mean, Jones could stand to see a lot of action there in the middle if he stays healthy and stays on the field.
0: Gotcha. All right, Cameron Curl. Uh, I feel like I saw a post at some point um, or even heard a, a segment, it might have been on Good Morning Football, I can't remember, last year, where it talked about, I think it was Cameron Curl, and just the importance of him to the Washington defense. Like, they're, uh, God, I wish I could remember, but there's essentially some stat where if Curl was on the field, they were significantly better and when he was off they were a lot worse. Um, do you find that to be true?
1: Yes. I mean, yes and no. I mean, he, he's certainly important to that secondary. Um, if the linebackers continue to develop a little bit better uh, and and they added Cody Barton from Seattle who could uh, really help spur that, that could change the dynamic of Crow's position. But they drafted him in 2020 at the back end, like sixth or seventh round. And, and he's really kind of, made himself important to this defense because he worked yeah. hard. He put himself in the right position, you know, and and he's he's kind of been steady. You know, he's not a top 150 IDP guy right now. I think he was in the 160s or 170s by season's end last year, but he continues to stay steady. And, and Derek Forrest is what's next to him. So I think Curl is probably the more valuable Washington safety, but I want a piece of this Washington secondary just because I think it has a chance to, to give you decent kind of backup depth pieces that could be startable you know kind of like ernest jones but in washington you know and that's when i think of guys to watch i'm thinking guys that could continue to develop that are young and strong
0: feel free to hop on Craigie yeah man put your money where your mouth is there <laughs> oh boy I'm sitting over there running it
3: <laughs> oh, that's too funny
1: i gotta make up for it because he doesn't he doesn't talk to me on monday nights
0: anymore um <laughs> uh, all right let's because I don't want to butcher butcher this person's name, let's move on to studs that you were fading this year. Alohi Gilman? Okay, that's what I thought, but I uh, didn't want to butcher it, just in case.
1: I'm with you. I had to Google it first.
0: Let's move on to studs you're fading. First one on here is Zaire Franklin out of Indianapolis. Um, And you put some notes on the show sheet. I guess my biggest question is – What, like, I can't think of the freaking question um, on how I want to word it. Basically, what impact or what production do you see coming back from Shaquille Leonard?
1: I don't know. I mean, I loved (laughs) fact before he got hurt, but the guy stayed hurt for the last, what, two seasons, basically? Pretty much. You know, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm going to fade indie linebackers just because I need to see Steichman's system. And right now, it doesn't look doesn't look favorable for, you know, most of these linebackers. Like if, if Leonard cannibalizes everybody, then it's kind of a wash for me. That's why I'm kind of fading. Even EJ speed. I thought about putting EJ speed slash Lair Franklin here, because basically yeah. Indy's linebackers, I'm staying away from this year and hoping that they draft replacements
0: next year, basically. Gotcha. Um, Jesse, what about you? I know. Um, I just know like Shaquille Leonard, I feel like was one of those top tier linebackers that you you mentioned earlier where linebackers are king and and standard scoring and then like brad mentioned like he's missed the last two years
2: right like it's it's very strange similar to like we were talking about the washington d line right if leonard's healthy like he's absolutely a difference maker like there's no doubt about he's one of the best linebackers in the league it's just it's such a mystery box with him so you could theoretically like he missed time and the other guys could step in but it's a new system and those guys might not exactly fit one for one in it right you have a new coach and all that so it's i i 100 agree with you on that and i'm no idp expert by any means but like i'm familiar with it and understand it but yeah yeah it's just are you willing to bet on leonard yeah i would it depending on the price for him like that's with any dynasty league it's all adp for me so some guys like undervalued absolutely if he's overvalued then i'm like you know we'll just go to the next topic so yeah
0: Certainly.
1: Yeah. And we and we tried to pride ourselves here at Rotohee by saying we only know probably about half of what we think we know. Rick, I've been saying that for years. No. <laughs> right. Right. Offense, defense. I, you know what? It sounds good, but we may not have a clue, right? you know this, <laughs> The Colts defense could become elite and Shaq Leonard and Franklin and speed could be just insane and we could be completely wrong at the end of the season. I'm not banking on it. So I'm not going to jump all over that. And I certainly wouldn't tell people to do that, but
2: right. sure. I mean, yeah. It's the- possible the whole offense is in flux too with the whole so like the Colts are just to buy a giant bag of mystery box <laughs> like right?
1: yeah Jonathan Taylor might come back next week he might be on a new team next month who knows I mean it's He's just like you know what just
2: you know you think about
1: <laughs> I mean I'm Ricky Bobby at this point I just don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> 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 wow
2: too this too
1: too went too off too too the rails
2: too quickly too um, you know, with me it's always gonna go off the rails so that's how <laughs> it is let's try and get those back on the rails um
0: Jesse, we got Drew Tranquil uh, as the next player that Brad put for us as, as studs to fade. Um, obviously, he did really, really well in, in the Chargers. Um, but now he is in Kansas City. And honestly, I forgot that he even moved to Kansas City. So I think I know why Brad is fading this because there's, to me, just from the IDP drafts that i have done this offseason, there's a lot of options at linebacker in Kansas City. But why would you, Jesse? Um, and then we'll throw it to Brad too. Like, why would you stay away from or be cautious around Drew Tranquil? You think?
2: Well, anytime you have a new player going to a new situation from a different team, like you want to see how that usage is going to translate. And let's be real, Drew Crank was kind of an unknown before last year, mm-hmm. where he took off and he had like something over 140 combined tackles. Like he was just a stat monster last year. Yeah. <laughs> it basically doubled his stats from the season before. Where he got on the field, he was just producing nonstop. I remember early in a year, um, I think in one of my leagues, somebody made a cheap trade for Tranquil. Uh-huh. Like, Why are you trading for him? And he's like, I don't know, I have faith. And of course, they got to trade out <laughs> throughout the year. They're like, all right, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question you. You know what you're talking about. And sometimes it works out like that, where you're like, you, you trust your gut and you go with him. So yeah, I could see it with Tranquil. I'm just hesitant with the situation, see how he's gonna play out. So best case, I would like wait a couple weeks, see how it goes, and then you see it if he's actually getting all those snaps, and all the work, making the plays, then yeah. I'd be like, all right, it's translating.
1: I'm with you, but Nick Bolton is better, and he's in that system. I mean, he's he's their best linebacker. Then you've got Leo Chennault. You've got <laughs> you know, Gay. the kid that punched somebody at Mississippi. Yeah, Willie Gay. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have all these linebackers. So it's like, okay, Nick Bolton's going to get his. And then uh, after that, it's like, I'm... It's like you said, Jesse, wait and see, and maybe Tranquil, you know, can step in and, and do more, but, you know, he's got to learn the defense, get up to speed. I, I'm just not he's not a stud, right? One season of productivity doesn't make him necessarily a stud, but he was a guy that produced really well last year that I don't want people to just go crazy for because he went to the champs, right? Like they've got a lot of great defensive players. Now doesn't mean he's going to get 140 combined next year or this year.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was kind of what I was talking about when I first brought him up is like, and I forgot they had Nick Bolton and remembered that they had Leo Chanel. So like they've got four, I think solid linebackers. And it sounds like from what you're saying, Brad, that outside of Bolton, the other three, heck even all four potentially could end up eating into each other from a playing time and a a production standpoint. That' pretty accurate. Well, yeah.
1: Well think about how defenses in the NFL nowadays play. You're not having three linebackers on the field regularly. You know, you're mostly in nickel packages where you get maybe two, maybe if you're lucky. So it could, you know, I definitely like the top guy. So that'd be Nick Bolton on this team. And after that, it's like, well, we got to wait and see how they how those snap shares, what they do with those reps. If tranquil slides into their nickel package and he's on the field regularly. Sure. okay, he's probably got potential. What if it's Willie Gay or what if it's Chanel? They drafted him last year and liked him. I mean, I just don't I don't want to run the risk of over drafting a
2: guy like tranquil just because of what happened last year with a completely different team. Yeah. And I would say to flip it to the offensive side, it's someone such as like you could do like a Christian Kirk where you're not sure who's going to see the same issues. Right where you have someone, a big name coming in and it's obviously a little bit flipped, but it's a whole new situation for him. And you know, he might not be the guy he was yesterday. So yeah, I absolutely get it.
1: Perfect example.
0: I think another one that's might be a similar comp is even Jamal Williams. Like he's new guy, new team had a killer year last year, but what's in store this year. Mm -hmm. So
1: man, I loved watching that Saints game yesterday. As a fan of Derek Carr, and Michael Thomas, I was like, man, that game they looked really on the same page together. And Chris Olave, I mean Kirkwood, right. which was funny. I was like, oh, Kirkwood's kind of been a name we've talked about <laughs> in fantasy for
3: three, four years now.
1: But that offense looked smooth. I was like, oh, this is getting me all fired up. I'm not a huge Saints guy, but I, you know, as a as a liking those sleepers that maybe can bounce back. I just traded Irv Smith straight up for Michael Thomas in the league. I was like, I'm
2: I'm not yeah, buying well, in on the I, preseason hype, but a guy was willing I, to trade me a Thomas share. I'm taking it absolutely I wow and I, I had a heart i'm such a thomas fan, so yeah you're preaching yeah. the choir on this one but yeah Er smith whatever man he's gonna like, he's gonna need touchdowns to be good so he's gonna be hurt in three games exactly. and i hate it because the outlet was there like that's the was, yeah, people I just value smith.
1: youth yeah well, he's on the wrong team i mean since exactly he doesn't use the tight end that way the same nope. way yeah
2: he could, he could get yards but yeah it's just so hard being good it's such a hard path for him to be in the league tight end like it's basically impossible
0: Yep. All right, Brad, I'm going to pair these two veteran. uh, We'll call them pass rushers together. uh, Daniil Hunter and Matt Judon. I have Matt Judon, I think, in a league. And no, actually, that league folded. Never mind. But I couldn't get rid of Matt Judon if I tried last year. Um, So talk to me about these two veteran guys. Like, why, I guess, why are you fading them? For me, it comes to age. You know, I'm a, I'm definitely an ageist in fantasy
1: football. Once a guy hits 28, 29, 30, I really start to go, okay, how do I get out? Yeah. <laughs> what At what point can I flip him, get a younger guy that I might like, or a draft pick? Do I have the ability, the roster construction in such a way? And Hunter and Judon are both names that produced recently that I'm like, all right, maybe there's a guy who thinks he's contending that I can flip him to that maybe will get me something I want in return. Judon is in a fine scheme to continue to be productive, but Hitting 30, at some point, the wheels start falling off, and, and I'm just not a guy who buys into the, well, he can keep going and keep going and keep going because there's just not that many guys that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it comes down to age. Can they still be productive this year? Absolutely. Minnesota's defense is is still trying to kind of build its identity, so there's a lot of young guys there. So Hunter should still be very productive and very involved, but that doesn't mean I really want to keep him unless I'm forced to. Or I can get him for cheap. If I'm a guy who's contending and I can get him for super cheap, yeah, sure, I'll take a shot on him. But I'd rather look
2: elsewhere at this point. Right. You'd rather get out of here early just in case where they still have that value because next year they might not have any value. So that's the thing. That makes sense to me. The A.J. Green rule, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes.
0: I faded A.J. Green for four straight years and I don't feel bad about it at all. Nope. <sighs>
1: Yeah. All right, go through the list of guys that have faded randomly at the weirdest times and then I'll say well finally that worked out you're
2: like I was right just five years later yeah.
1: I mean think about all the Derrick Henry faders right they've been fading yeah. him for
2: years now and he's still producing well that their problem so is Derrick Henry's an alien yeah he's so cheap now I'm finally getting into Derrick Henry of course like it's super <laughs> old and cheap I'm like alright fine just give me the old guy. I don't care yeah. Fitzgerald as well
1: yeah I you know I finally got one Derrick Henry share. I hadn't had a Derrick Henry share in a long time and I got exactly. one and flipped it within a month for <laughs> DeAndre Swift and some picks or something. I think it was in the, it might've been in the XFL league. We're in there. Uh, nice. Uh, oh, nice! But you know, I'm just, I'm not a Derek Henry. Fan. <laughs> yeah. But yes, Larry Fitzgerald's a perfect example as well.
0: Yeah. All right. You've got Donovan Wilson on here. Um, somebody, I think it, it might've been silly. Um, somebody said that the Cowboys defense was good and I didn't know what to do with that. Um, cause I, it was not three years ago, maybe even two that I was making the joke on my podcast that my 91 year old grandmother at the time, it was three years ago. Cause she's not, she just turned 94. My 91 year old grandmother could have ran through the Cowboys defense and scored a touchdown. That's how bad they were. Um, so one, do you think the Cowboys defense is actually good Two, and Jesse, I'll throw that question to you first. How does Donovan Wilson play a part of that? And then Brad, why are you fading him? All right. So also, yeah. I, hold on, pause.
2: Sorry, 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 sorry.
0: Brad, did you just drink a Milo's sweet tea? I only drink Milo's sweet
1: tea. Ooh.
2: Okay,
0: here's the question. <laughs> what is Milo's to you? Is it just a sweet tea company? No, no, we've when we went down to Florida, we stopped and I actually got
1: a sweet tea uh, shake or whatever they do at the Milo's restaurant. I didn't even okay. know they had a Milo's restaurant. Yeah, that's it my was point. the what? most disgusting thing I ever drank. And I drank it, <laughs> loving it because I
0: love Milo's sweet tea. So I'm from Alabama yes. where Milo's exists. Um, now, obviously, they distribute their sweet tea uh, throughout the country because you can get it here in South Carolina. Brad, are you? In, do you, you live in Michigan, right?
1: No, I'm in Indiana. I'm in Fort Wayne. Okay. I got did it. live in Michigan, and they do sell it in Michigan as well because I was just up there last
0: weekend and got some while I was up there. Exactly. So that's that. Ultimately, my point is that like my wife and I talked about when we first moved here. Do people outside of Alabama know that like Milo's is not just sweet tea? Like, there's an entire restaurant. Um, I
1: didn't until we went to Florida and we yeah. saw one as we were stopping. I'm like, oh, it was, yeah. I felt like the heavens opened. And I'm like, oh.
3: <laughs> So I stopped
1: in, ate some okay food, and had a oh. disgusting sweet tea shake, and was like, "Oh, this oh. is wonderful!"
0: Man, their burgers are so good, though, and their chicken fingers. Uh,
1: it, yeah. it was it was fine. Like I like the food. I yeah. would definitely stop there again if I needed to stop somewhere. You know, hit a yeah. fast food joint on the way. But most of the time okay. when I'm traveling, I want to stop at the rinky-dink hole in the wall, local yeah. place that people love, not a chain, chain restaurant.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I can. I that makes sense. Okay, back. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> rewind um jesse defense for the cowboys do you think it's actually good and what part of that do you think donovan wilson's gonna play and then brad will throw it to you for why are you fading him if he's an integral part of the offense or
2: defense if he was an integral part of the offense that would be a real interesting right yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> um yes i do think it is one of the defenses in the league um dan Quinn's is a stud like i he manages to utilize his talent to the best doesn't always work out like there's been this is me because i know dan quinn from seattle time from way back in the day but yeah he sets up his players in good positions to win and realistically when you have one of the best defensive players in the league in michael parsons like it lets you do so much right yeah. and then they added mozzie smith the first round pick um he's dealing with the injury as far as i'm concerned so i'm not really sure you know how that's going to be for him but they added another guy to the d line just to help escape more pressure like another big name right so then that sets up the back end um i'm actually curious to hear why you'd be fading um wilson on the back end because that does intrigue me so lay it out for me
1: yeah let's hit it. i think a lot of the reason that i that i would fade a guy like wilson is i think we saw last year the best version of him and okay. with the improvements along the d line the young linebackers like uh Cox, some of these guys that are developing and growing i think it just could potentially cause them to him to not see the type of production he had last year. So I'm typically with the one year wonder type guys that people are starting to hype up. I tend to fade those guys until I see, you know, when Craig and I were on the Monday night IDP show on Roto Heats YouTube together, we would always say we got to have more than one year production to really buy into a guy's hype. And Wilson is like 27, 28 years old already. He's already starting to peak and break out at 27, 28 years old. I'm just, I'm just not super into something like that. I would rather take a shot on a on a younger guy or a guy that's been doing it for a couple of years because I know, I should know what to expect. Where Wilson, you know, outside of last year, he didn't have a season over 50 combined tackles. I don't think, if I recall correctly, it was very low numbers over the last few years. Can he be productive?
2: Absolutely. Am I fading him? A hundred percent. Yeah, he just might not live up to the expectations we set for him, so that makes sense. And I'm curious, like with, um, like a lot of offensive players, we have thresholds we hit, like they have to be, improving and taking these steps by this year i mean is it the same with you for like idp guys and like different positions like for compared to like the dns compared to the linebackers and the safeties and stuff like that or is it more they're each kind of on their own little bucket well so you get some of these uh, i would say they're probably each in their own bucket but typically
1: what you see is you'll see these random older guys break out that have just Mm -hmm. been around for a while like will compton was a solid productive guy for a long time and never really broke out, but was just a team guy. The team liked him, brought him in. He would get a little bit of run and get a couple games where he had some production and then nothing. You know, or you have a guy like Donovan Wilson who breaks out for a year, but he's been in the league for you know four, five, six years. I mean, it's you see some of those where you get those for better lack of a better term, one hit wonder kind of seasons. And those can happen now. With I think there's always the the breakout age for a player, but mm-hmm. you know, when when Dallas had drafted Safeties that they wanted to be productive, and they were pushing those guys hard, so they eat into the reps of other guys, and and it just, it kind of becomes a wash. So Donovan Wilson is a good football player; he's lasted for a while. He fits Dan Quinn's scheme, but if he had a breakout at 28 years old, I mean, it's like, well, how much longer are you really going to see that breakout before they're looking for the next man up? Because now mm-hmm. they're going to look at drafting his replacement. And in IDP, I want to be ahead of the curve, not behind the curve. I don't be the last yeah. guy out on a
2: player sense makes sense
0: absolutely all right and the last one um this this hurts my notre dame fan heart but i think i get it um especially with what we've already talked about uh harrison smith safety for the minnesota vikings i'm assuming that this is because of age because at this point from nfl standpoint he's older than dirt um anything to add on that brad
1: well and you've kind of seen his i mean you've seen his peak i mean his peak was you know, what, three, four years ago, and you've really kind of seen him take a little bit more of a descent over the last year. Uh, I think 20, either 2020 or 2021, he had solid production and then last year. It was kind of a little bit dip. Wasn't amazing. I think he was still a top 100 IDP player, but I, it just seems like the the writing's already on the wall for him. And it's like, I mean, he's already in his mid thirties, almost, I think he's 33, 34 or something. So yeah, pretty age sure definitely plays cool. a factor, but you're already seeing a decline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's move on to, I think, the the one that I'm most excited for is the breakout incoming. Um, I'm, I'll let you talk about your guy from your team first, um, but then we'll talk about another Notre Dame safety that I'm pumped to see on this list. Um, but first, hit us with Kobe Jer- Kirby Joseph. I can't talk. Um, that's not good for later. But Kirby Joseph, safety out of Detroit. What makes you see a uh, breakout incoming for him?
1: I mean, every time Aaron Rodgers threw the ball, he was intercepting it. That was fun. You know, his rookie season, <laughs> we weren't really expecting much. But then you saw some ball hawking ability. Uh, and I think the way this Detroit defense is, is developing, it's still relying on a lot of young guys to be productive. But Kirby Joseph looked really solid as a guy that I wasn't sure was ready for the fast pace of the NFL game uh, and looked really good. You know, so I would expect we've already seen C.J. G.J you know, kind of get nicked up in training camp, but Mm -hmm. he's going to be a guy that's going to be moved all over the formation. Tracy Walker still coming back from injury. They've got, you know, they drafted Brian branch. Who's amazing. Like I, I think he may wind up stealing a lot of reps from a lot of guys this Mm -hmm. year, just because of how good he is. But I think Kirby Joseph can kind of man center field and really be a ball hawking guy in the back that could see a nice bump in his numbers. I could see him getting, you know, 70, 80 combined tackles get you, you know, double his interceptions, maybe get you a little bit of, of, um, you know, m- get a little bit of of interceptions there as well. So it's it's one of those things where it's like I project that he should be better, but this defense is looking much better. So I put him on here, but I would agree with you. The guy that I put on here for your team, your Notre Dame team, I was a huge fan of him last year when Baltimore drafted yeah, yeah. him. I threw my hat on the floor and said, "What is this crap? Baltimore, stop drafting safeties. <laughs> I wanted him to be a thing last year."
0: <laughs> so oh. so yeah, we'll. Ju- I mean. Brad, I, I will give your Detroit Lions a compliment. Um, Thanks. I feel like they've drafted and built this team really well over the last two or three seasons. Yes. um To where they were talking about it on Good Morning Football uh, earlier last week where, like, Green Bay and Minnesota should be, like, disrespected because people are picking Detroit to win the division. And I'm like, have you seen what Detroit has built? Like mm-hmm. Stud offensive line. They got a good running back in the draft. Have a number one wide receiver. They drafted a young tight end, one of the best offensive lines in football. And then on the defensive side, they've got the home wrecker and Aiden Hutchinson. You talked about their linebacking core. Um, th- they have three safeties because um, I didn't even realize. Well, I forgot that CJGJ was there. And Brian Branch, I know you had ranked as number one or number two on roadokie.com for rookie safeties this year. Um, there's and they they still have Jeff Okuda, right? No, they traded him in Atlanta, okay. and he is that's that's subsequently right. already hurt. So
2: that worked out well. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> Been great for him.
0: <laughs> of course he is. But I I just want to compliment the lines. I think they've built a really nice team here that has depth all around. So um I think Brad's going to be happy this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I mean. I'm. I'm pleased. My worry is that they're overhyping him maybe a year too soon. Sure. Minnesota. I mean yes they were a bit of a paper tiger on defense last year people were chewing them up a bit and, and even Detroit played them really hard they still have you know a veteran quarterback who's who's done well in the regular season uh no, no matter how good he has or hasn't been in the playoffs I like Detroit's chances this year to take the division but I still think some of these guys need a little bit more time to develop let's I'm trying not to crown these guys Super Bowl champs just yet you sure. know we- Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football, on the other hand, crowned him like the next big thing. I'm like, hey, Schrager, I love you, but let's slow this down. You're like, t- take, take it easy. <laughs> like, Look, yeah.
0: I won't crown him Super Bowl champs yet, but I do think they're easily a playoff team. Um, yeah. Obviously, they have a chance health, to be. Health withstanding matters for everybody, but I, I think this team is a really good shot at making the playoffs. Now that so, they've yeah.
1: changed ownership with people that actually want to win, yes, I think they might have a chance to be a good team.
2: Yeah. Right. And the <laughs> NFC is just not good. So they have an easy, like if they were in the AFC, it would be a different story, right? But they're in the NFC. Their division's like, it's full of solid teams, but no team is spectacular. So they can easily walk away with that division. And like you were talking about defensively, if Joseph is doing what you're going to say he's doing, and then that lets Branch just to be just, to make all those plays just be a wild card, like that just, that opens up the defense even more. Like, um i'm honestly very excited for the lions (laughs) me too it's been a long
1: time since i've been excited for this team but yeah i think 2014 was last year we were like this team might be all right and then dallas
0: Uh, yeah sorry about that um okay let's talk about this has to be rick
3: (laughs) (laughs) i mean
1: i'll
0: remember that come
1: bears week (laughs)
0: <laughs> um i'm just saying i'm technically logged into where i can post that comment and i did not post that comment oh no i know it's i know it's rick i mean we're
1: we have a
0: story history bears lines, right <laughs> yeah so um oh I just it was rick uh all right we we've hyped him up and and teased enough kyle hamilton is the guy the next guy you have on here um the dude for me coming out of Notre Dame going into the NFL had incredible instincts and closing speed. Um, and then I, I loved the landing spot for Baltimore just because historically they've been incredibly, incredibly good at developing defensive players. So why I feel like I'm asking the same question over and over again on these different categories, but, um, why is he on your breakout list? Um, for this year? I mean, he's going to get starting reps this year and that's really the
1: reason that I think we should see him take the next step. You know, they moved on from Chuck Clark, which was, which was the sole reason when they drafted him I was like, Oh, what are they doing? Cause I figured Chuck Clark was going to be in this defense and and playing that position for a few more years. So with nobody in his way to take his position from the get-go, he should be a day one starter in a defense that always produces good safeties in idp Mm -hmm. i mean they're at least playable safeties in idp sometimes really good safeties in idp so i'm all in i like kyle hamilton i thought you know i know his his numbers in the combine last year weren't spectacular but he was the i thought he was the best safety in the class last year uh even though he didn't obviously produce jalen petrie esque numbers you know i still think he's still the best safety from that class and i think we'll see that over the next few years
0: yeah (sighs) all right now I get to talk about my 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 new favorite NFL team um, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Devin Lloyd is the next guy that you have on this list. Um, Talk to me about Devin Lloyd, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one area that I need to learn more about from for my Jaguars fandom is the defensive side. Um, I know, obviously, they've got Trevon Walker and some other guys that have have come in. But um, what are your thoughts on Devin Lloyd?
1: Well, and let's not discount your hometown team. Like Carolina is a fun team. Like I want yeah. them to be productive and successful. I like Bryce Young as a player and Brian yeah. Burns and what they've got going on. But Jacksonville's another one of those where you're like, man, it's you feel good root for these guys because they they seem like they're trying to build the right thing. Yeah. Devin Lloyd, I really wasn't sure what to make of him in the draft because of where he went. You know, Devin Wait, Lloyd. Remind me where he played college? Was it Utah? Yeah, he was at Utah. Okay. uh You know, but he produced really well as a rookie. I mean, he yeah. was. A, Like a top hundred IDP player last year, I think, in in overall scoring. Uh, I think you'll probably see pretty similar numbers. I think he's he kind of stays in that category of you know, he's probably in the top 75 ish overall when we get to the year end. And that's a breakout for me. Like the guy's now done it twice in a row. We can consistently say he's probably a top, you know, 20 linebacker in IDP. That's breakout type numbers, and 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 that's in my mind what a breakout is is the guy that can is consistently doing it, was a rookie that a year to continue to go like if Jalen Petrie does it again this year, Jalen Petrie is a breakout. So, yeah. you know, that's what I always look at when I'm looking at a breakout guy, but breakout can quickly turn to bust. So <laughs> who knows?
0: <laughs> no kidding. Um, well, so I'll, I'll, with that definition, um, and maybe not even from an IDP standpoint, but though I think he, he has some potential, even as a corner, Jesse, I'm throwing you a, a lob here. Tariq woolen, um, <laughs> what what are your expectations for woolen year two he was someone that Dude. i predicted yeah. was gonna be successful just because he's six foot four and then ran the fastest 40 time or you one pay. of the fastest 40 times in his combine
2: so like what what are you expecting from him he's a freaking condor man like the <laughs> guy is giant he's got super long arms and he runs inc- like it's So, yeah, I was kind of surprised he fell where he did just because if you want to chase traits, like, that's a guy you're going to chase traits in. Um, But, you know, the Seahawks getting Devin. um, With the fifth overall pick, they add him to that secondary, so that lets Tariq kind of focus on what he needs to focus on. And he might actually get more balls thrown his way. Because depending on how Weatherspoon does, out the gate or not, like, they could just shift more to actually attacking him, or you could see his numbers actually go up. Um, But he was incredible as a rookie like i don't think you could have expected him to be better than he was like he yeah. was lights out from day one yeah and we didn't know what to expect because he's for like he's day three pick right so it's like what are you going to get out of those guys but he he was fantastic so another year in that scheme with the seahawks like i think it's just wheels up for him and the seahawks if witherspoon is who he is like they could be having two of the top like a pair corners in the league corners. so yeah. it's 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 really exciting like obviously I'm a Seahawks fan, so I am a little bit biased with how I talk about this, right? What well, I didn't ask you though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he just set up to smash this year. So yeah. it really comes down to the back end and the safeties. Like, if yeah. those guys take a step forward, it's going to allow the corners just to just focus on what they have to do. And I'm really excited personally.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about Pete Carroll's defense. Like, if he finds yeah. the traits guy, the guy that fits what he needs him to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what round it gets him. He can be a superstar. Sherman was it's, what? Fifth round. Fifth I, mean, round I, mean, I think Yeah, you've seen plenty of guys as long as they got this. And that's why Witherspoon will be potentially a fun add to this defense because he has those traits, big, long can has the physicality to him. Like that's the thing that scares me. I have some trick woolen shares in those leagues where you have to start a corner. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this because now <laughs> I feel like, you know, typically I rotate corner. I don't draft a corner. I just find, you know, I, I play matchups, especially when you have to start a corner because it's such a crap shoot as to, as yeah. to what you're going to get week in and week out and Witherspoon makes it a little more nerve wracking because I feel like people are going to target him early until they see what they've got in him.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: that could affect one because if he's not getting anything thrown his way, he's going to have to somehow rack up the tackles and you know, corners aren't
2: exactly doing that every day. <laughs> no not so much no. yeah like he's he's just he was incredibly just a lesser known version of like what the jets have right with garner so like if he does it another year the fact he's not playing in new york like he's going to be that guy that you can see on billboards and everybody knows who that guy is nice all right brad let's
0: talk about the green bay pair that you have on this list quay walker and rashawn gary i feel like rashawn gary's been on the breakout list for like four years um so What do you think is going to have Gary really step up into that actual breakout that you're looking for that I feel like has kind of been predicted at least the last two years? And then with Quay Walker, um, what what step do you have to see him make for you really to consider a breakout for this year?
1: Well, and and Walker finished as a top 100 guy, if I remember correctly. I think he might even been uh, right around the top 50 when it came to IDP overall scoring last year. So Walker might already be there, but it's kind of like the the rest of these younger guys. I need to see it another year. Rashawn Gary, maybe it's the Michigan homer in me because I'm a Wolverine through and through. Yeah, Um, I, I anticipate seeing him. I got to see double digit sacks this year. Like, yeah. I feel like he got close to it two years ago last year. You didn't get to the double digit sacks and then you only had five or six, you know, I need to see, you know, 40 plus combined tackles. I need to see double digit sacks. Like he has the tools to be able to do it. That defense is going to be on the field. I mean, Jordan loves going to have bumps along the road. This is first year starting what? defense. is going to be on the field for a while. So I need to see Gary really, you know, bump up those numbers and and he has the tools to do it. So I put him in this category but you know, he's kind of like Chase sean It could be getting to the end of of me putting him in these potential breakout <laughs> categories like, yeah. I love you brother but you got to do something for me. making <laughs> me look like an
0: idiot cuz I keep calling your name, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, it was not even calling you out. It's just like I like my mom's whole side of the family's Packers fans. So like I, I follow yeah. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> I follow along with them to, for, for that purpose. And like Gary's been on these lists of potential breakout, potential breakout, potential breakout. And it's like, what piece is missing with him to where he can finally put it all together and actually fulfill that. I mean, the the tough thing for
1: the, the way the Packers defense is deployed. I mean, they just rotate a lot of guys in. So some of it is usage. Uh, Some of it's been being on the field, you know, he's been nicked up a little bit here and there. I mean, so it's, it's kind of, tougher i mean as you get into uh, to the middle part of his career i'm hoping that we see that that increased production that could make him valuable i'm quay walker on the other hand is already valuable i mean like i said he was pretty productive last year in idp you hope to see more in year two with you know the development of the rest of the guys around him helping him out and and the way this defense is built it kind of funnels stuff to the middle for some of these linebackers to be productive so walker feels like a guy that depending on how they deploy him this year we should see you know more top 50 type production out of him. so between him and gary i think walker's the safer play even though walker's only in year two uh where gary is i mean it's it could be a risk you could see
0: meh production again and that would just drive you crazy no that makes perfect sense um and, yeah, I, the the Packers defense is going to have to step up this year. So it's going to require guys like Gary and uh, and Walker to, to meet expectations, um, if not exceed them by pretty significant margins. Last guy we have on here for the IDP side. Um, it's funny. I heard something like literally in the last couple of days, days um, talking about the difference of who you guys took at pick to and who went not pick five in the draft and Aiden Hutchinson and this guy came on Thibodeau, um, Thibodeau's physical traits are all there, right? It's just the want to, to play football or the mental side, even that I feel like is always had, like, have ha- had his question marks. Um, why do you see him overcoming those to be a breakout for this year? Is it purely the the physical skills or is there some other factor playing into that?
1: I mean, I think it's, I think it's a combination of it all. I think it's the coaching is a big part of it. I'm a big Brian Dable fan. I think he's yeah. done a good job and I think he will get the most out of his guys. Their staff underneath Dable is, is done really well. I think, I think they can do the most to maximize Thibodeau because though there have been plenty of questions in the end we still saw decent production from a rookie trying to learn go from Oregon's defense to an nfl defense which is significantly different you know and i thought he did pretty well i think he, he got you like 3 4 sacks last year he got you you know uh, 30 34 tackles combined i mean he had decent numbers for a rookie who wasn't getting 100% snap share so I wouldn't be surprised if you see double the amount of, you know, sacks, maybe he gets you somewhere between seven to 10 sacks this year. I mean, you know, he could push top 100 type production from the edge, which I know Aiden looked spectacular last year, but he could get you closer to those types of numbers in year two, especially in this defense with what they've done to retool it and help it out. So I, I wasn't as huge a Thibodeau fan as I was a Hutchinson fan. Maybe it's because I'm a lump of Wolverine. I
0: wonder why. Uh,
1: yeah. Right. Go blue. But uh, you know, it, it it just is it just is what it is and and Thibodeau with all the question marks still produced fine last year yeah probably. yeah
2: yeah, yeah cool. the, the talents there with Thibodeau it's 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 fascinating to watch like he was the consensus like a couple of years ago like the consensus number the one, one pick right and then stuff just comes out about him and you're like okay maybe he's not as motivated to play football but I mean last year he was a stud so yeah. I'm with you on that I think he takes a leap forward this year
3: gotcha
2: well, we
0: have run out of IDP players to talk about, at least for now, based on what Brad put out there. Um, but our next guest is running a little late from work. So I'm going to throw you guys some offensive questions. Um, Jesse, I'm going to start with you. Um, ooh, Marco from the future is here. Cool. Hey, Marco. How's it going? Do the future, I win Polly's playoff? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to keep these easy home favorite teams for both of you since I know both of them. Um,
2: for you, Jesse,
0: like, wh- what what are your expectations out of the running back room and the wide receiver room?
2: Okay, so the running back room is a giant bag of mystery at the moment. Walker yeah. just got back. Like, we just got notification that he's just back practicing. So, Sweet. Should be wheels up. Should be fine. Um, I expect Walker to be the 1A. Mm-hmm charbet is gonna be the one b it just comes down to goal line work like realistically because and it's been hotly debated between those two all season but yeah. it's walker's job like he's not just gonna all of a sudden just get replaced by Charbonnet. that's not how that's going to work but for ppr you know he could see some of that receptions and some of that goal line work and then it gets closer to a split wide gotcha. receiver room is like one of the best wide receiver rooms in the nfl there's not much depth but those top three are just Chef's kiss right um jsn is going to be they're going to run the most 11 or sorry they're running most of the three wide receiver personnel they run in probably p carroll's tenure just because yeah. of the personnel they have right so jsn's gonna be on the field a lot um he's just not going to see all the snaps so he probably won't outproduce locket and outproduce metcalf but those three could all be top 36 wide receivers this year yeah. which means if you believe that you should 100% be in on geno smith because it could be one of the best offenses like that we've seen since 2017 give or take from russell wilson seahawks like it's going to be dynamite and lights out this year so i'm really excited and then like on the offensive line they have the the two tackles the bookend tackles another year in the system right so the line's getting better um there are some question marks on the inside but where it is it's all coming together so if the line holds up which it should like it could be it could be a top five offense this season so i am and this is, like, speaking without my bias as much as I try to speak without my bias with the Seahawks, yeah. right? But, yeah, it's going to be one of the better offenses we've seen for them in a long time. No,
0: I agree, and Brad will all ask if you, kind of what you think about the Seahawks, too, but, like, th- my only concern from a fantasy perspective is DK Metcalf, because if what you're saying is true, which I think it is, I think they could all potentially be I think some things would have to hit perfectly, right? Yes. To have them all be top 36 wide receivers. But I think the the least why can't words person who will benefit the least from that loud noises will be yeah, exactly. It will be DK Metcalf. Um I think if the other two are producing like you think they are going mm-hmm. to, I think that ultimately eats into DK's target share. So um I think it was actually Sully last segment mentioned him as a People are drafting him at his ceiling, and we don't necessarily understand why at wide receiver 15.
1: Yeah, it's hard not to like what happened. You know, Gino's got. I mean, this this wide receiver room is strong, but it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking about JSN as like the top you know offseason buy candidate because he doesn't Mm -hmm. get the sexy numbers because Lockett's there and whatnot. But Lockett will be gone soon, and you know, and it's it's one of those offenses. It's like. Nobody really anticipated Gino being the man. But then once he did, it's like you feel pretty good about it. The guy was hanging around the league for a long time, really never got a, a chance after the Jets and 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 just kind of landed in a real good spot. I would almost consider, because Gino's you know, age, going back to the age thing, I would mm-hmm. almost say, you know what? Throw Drew Locke on your stash pile. As much as I wasn't just- a Drew Lock fan coming out, watching him this weekend mm-hmm. in a game, it looks like he's developed a little bit. It looks like he's not just getting scared and throwing the ball and getting crazy. Like when you watch his footwork, when you watch the way that he was looking off safeties, I'm like, Holy cow, Drew Locke, I see you. It looks like, you know, what football is again, you know? And so, I mean, this whole say this whole Seattle team for me is like, I'm excited to see what they do and how they develop because I, for a while there was like, maybe Pete Carroll's got to be done. And then all of a sudden now he's mm. having kind of this Renaissance because he's coaching guys up and you know and Gino's now a thing again and I mean it seems like he's developing talent and obviously you don't have to develop DK. DK is a man amongst boys. He's amazing. Tyler Lockett <laughs> He's an Adonis. Has, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Lockett has been perfectly fine as a wide receiver. Like he's been very very consistent very sturdy even though he's dealt with some injuries. Like the guy just does what he needs to do. He does a good job. JSN, if you pair JSN with DK in the future after JSN's had a year or two to really get in the, into the groove and I Mean that's just dominant. I mean, JSN yeah. was really good coming out, and he goes to a team where it's like he's now going to learn the how to be more physical from DK, and then he's going to learn more route running from Tyler Lock. Like it's it's he's getting really
0: good on the field coaching. And, but like you said, he was already good enough. Mm-hmm. And now I think and maybe you were getting to this, so I'm sorry for interrupting, but um, it's my pod of I do what I want.
3: Um, I'm chatty, so <laughs> feel free to take it away. You know me, I'll just
0: talk. But <laughs> I think to your point is now JSN is going into a spot where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He didn't even have to be the number two guy. So he can really focus on the craft of, like you said, learning from DK to be more physical, and learning more routes from Tyler Lockett to where when Lockett's probably gone after this year, he can step in and be potentially an even better number two than what Lockett was. I'll be interested no in how the running game it.
1: plays into it, though, right? Yeah. And you know, because yeah. Pete Carroll always wanted to run the ball. And now all of a sudden, it's like, your receivers are better. You need to throw the ball more. Like, these guys need right. the ball. So it's like, how do you, how does he balance that? His love
2: for pounding the rock as opposed to the talent needs the ball. Right. Cause the, the pass rate was like 59% last year, which was 20th, give or take in the league. But mm. if that increases by a little bit just because you have, You're going from D. Eskridge as your 3rd wide receiver to (laughs) Jackson. That's like a monumental upgrade, right? So That's a big deal. Yeah, I got it, right? So, yeah, you would like to see them increase that pass rate a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them at like 62% where they're just taking their shots, you know, be a little more aggressive, open it up, and yeah. The interesting thing about Lockett is he has a fat cap hit like next year. So if they're going to move on from him, it's going to be kind of expensive. So I am curious to see if they do just – move on from locker or not or if they ride these three for another year after this so I am very curious to see how they handle that cap situation because you know they got to find money to pay everybody so it's going to be interesting to see
1: the, the th- I uh, for the longest time I'd always worry about salary cap stuff mm-hmm. and then these over these last few years seeing guys move that have moved it's like the NFL just does whatever it wants to do and some there's some guy behind the scenes that figures out how to make it work
3: Dude, If so they want money. them
1: gone they'll get rid of them right the cap's yeah. not
3: real
2: it's not until it is right and you're the saints and you're like we have zero depth <laughs> like, that's uh that's how it happens um but yeah it's if, if Lockett regresses this year which like last year might have been one of his best seasons like if you look at matt Harmon's work like he was elite so if he regresses this year then yeah, i could definitely see that scenario where they're like you know what it's not really worth it we'll just let JSN walk into the number he could be the number one after this following year like that's how good he is yeah and you just let let metcalf do his thing go deep like just hit bombs the metcalf and just red zone usage like all day jsn works underneath short area quickness and he's just unstoppable because you can't you can't stop that especially with linebackers in zone coverage it's like i wish you the best of luck with that so yeah, yeah i'm all up wheels won't work let's go Seahawks. like that
1: as long as they don't face detroit i'm perfectly fine <laughs> if they do it's probably gonna be a 40 to 35 holy like cow. cow last year's
2: game was insane i that mean i know detroit needed to learn how to win but man that was crazy yeah <laughs> yeah the seahawks had a few of those games where the defense just couldn't keep up i was like oh gosh and then the playoffs against san francisco I was like my word i have yeah. 49ers so I,
1: pulling up spot track some... looking at tyler uh tyler lockett's cap because jesse got me intrigued here to figure out what's going on Man, that dead cap money is ridiculous. What I'm saying. 29 million contract. this year, 19 next year, still 10, almost 10 million in 2025. Yeah. Like, man, they got to do something to fix that, that contract if they want to get out from there. That's insane.
0: Yeah, it's, money.
2: Yeah. it's pricey.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Brad, um, I, I th- mm. I've i tried to keep you happy the, the majority of the time of you being on here. Um, I may be about to piss you off. I hope not. Um, very easy, so I hope you do. That'd be fun to watch. Um, Jameer Gibbs, I Ooh. I think he's super good. I think the hype right now is completely out of control, though. Like people are ranking Agreed. him as a top twelve uh, dynasty running back, and to me, that just seems incredibly too high right now for someone. And it's not a size or weight thing for me. It's just it's almost more of a the way that. Detroit has used running backs in the past and Brad is frozen. So hopefully he, heard, he actually hears this. Um, so back say, yeah. But that's my biggest concern is like Gibbs is in an offense where they like to use more than running one running back. I think they've got, mm-hmm. they brought in David Montgomery now that they drafted Gibbs after the fact, but what are like, what are your real expectations as a Lions fan? Like be completely biased here. For Gibbs. I, I mean, he's a
3: weapon,
1: right? Like I expect yeah. him to see more receptions and mm-hmm. more value in the receiving game than I do in the rushing game. David Montgomery may not be the most, like if you look at the numbers, he wasn't the most successful running back behind Chicago's awful offensive line the last few years.
0: I think he was actually the least efficient back. Yeah. Like his
1: efficiency week. numbers were not great, but he's a good running back. Like he's physical. Yeah. He does a good job of, of beating mm-hmm. up the guys as he gets through the line. So, I, you know, I would see a lot of similarities to what we saw last year. Jamal Williams, Dave Montgomery. You know, I don't know that I expect David Montgomery to see double-digit touchdowns, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if we saw like six to eight rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. because he gets the goal line work. Then Jameer Gibbs is the weapon out of the backfield. That maybe gets some a little bit more rushing. I mean, the issue is we didn't see what happened because DeAndre Swift couldn't stay healthy, and that's why he got shipped out of yeah. town, right? He had the tools. Which I hate it because Swift was field. so good. hmm He's going to be great in Philly, too. I mean, I've, I I yeah. just traded for DeAndre Swift. The first time I finally landed some DeAndre Swift shares is when he went to Philly, I was like, he just couldn't stay healthy. But if he yeah. stays healthy in Philadelphia's offense, he's going to be really good. And, and I expect that same. You know, I don't see them as a 50-50 split. Monty probably gets a lot of the early down stuff because he's between the tackles kind of guy. Gibbs is going to be somebody that they use as a weapon you will see probably him more efficient as a receiver out on the backfield than a running back. I would guess. Yeah. Um, in my mind, it's like because of all the uncertainty at wide receiver three and four, because of the JMO suspension and using yeah. older guys like Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds, like, it's like, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And then they're hoping Sam Laporte is their second option, but he's yeah. not ready yet. He needs time. Mm-hmm so then maybe Gibbs becomes like your second or third passing game option and so it's, it's kind of, one of those things like okay this is a shell game right now and I'm not buying into it so if somebody's doing top 12 valuation on Gibbs as a running back I wouldn't buy it either I mean I I have I don't think I have any Jameer Gibbs shares in fantasy because I was not taking him as a top three four option no I think I took him as a as like in standard one QB leagues I think he was like my number three or number four behind my favorite receivers in this class because I was like, "Eh, yeah, he should be good, but I'll tell I'll not be buying him crazy expensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Well, and go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I was going to say, I'm kind of on the opposite of both of you guys with that where I'm very much on the Jameer Gibbs train. So I traded for him. um, Just because that pass catching profile is absurd. Like it, it blows DeAndre Swiss pass catching profile out of the water. Like you're talking about a guy who rivals like McCaffrey and Eckler, like those truly elite. So if you want to chase the ceiling and it might not hit near one, but like, if you look at all round one running backs, like the minimum threshold for the work they've seen is very well. And he could realistically be like Christian McCaffrey's year where wasn't great on the ground. Like I think McCaffrey averaged 3.9 yards per per carry and he still was a top 10 running back. Like it's just because it's PPR and those, those targets are super just valuable. So yeah. if he gets 80, like 80 targets, like he could easily walk into being that guy where he doesn't need a ton of touchdowns. Now, if you are thinking he's going to be a top five running back, yeah, he's going to need touchdowns. Like Alvin Kamara's type rookie season, right. Where he gets like yeah. 10, 15 touchdowns, but that doesn't seem realistic. So, but yeah, I can well, see him being the, a back end RB one.
1: Well, and I guess the question would be is, is with all the uncertainty of running back, could he vault himself into that conversation? Because JT is still not in camp. We've got other mm-hmm. guys that are, that are getting dinged up. I mean, there's, there's so much uncertainty at some of them, more key kind of rb1 maybe rb2 players that maybe some of these rookies do you know kind of overshadow it but then next year i would expect them to come back down to earth when you see healthy kind of things that's my fear is that does he really catapult himself up and then kind of come back down to earth a little bit in a year or so because
2: you know running back shelf life is not great and yeah it's so it fluctuates so much right yeah i think you have to pick with the lions like who you're in and who you're out on because they can't support all four like they realistically can't you can't do Jmo, you can't do laporta Amon Ra, like he's the one guy we can count on right mm-hmm. and then it's the other three you have to pick your choose it's just it's just a lot easier for a running back to step in than it is a tight end with laporta as good as laporta absolutely. is it's just it's so difficult for tight ends like we've seen it year and it year typically and, and takes
0: year. a tight a rookie tight end three years to get again
2: yeah absolutely. acclimated
0: and up to production levels in the nfl
2: right just because they don't run enough routes <laughs> so right. it's just it's so hard that's the thing like they have to learn the system and they got to learn to block in some right? cases that's the thing I mean, ideally, you don't want him blocking. Like that's the the scenario, right? You just want him running the routes. But like, if he's blocking and not running all the routes, then it's like, oh gosh, it's George Kittle, well, but just not George Kittle. It's like, well,
1: and that's it's the, the funny way. thing about Detroit's offense is they they sign guys specifically for the role. Like they've got mm-hmm. two pass catching tight ends and two blocking tight ends. I mean, so it's like, well, but you probably need to teach them a little bit of blocking because you don't yes. want teams to go, oh, okay, well, this guy's in the formation. We know they're not. Yeah. he's blocking. He's not. Right, you exactly. Know, it's like,
2: Let's let's be a little bit surprising here. Yeah, if he's hitting that like seventy percent route threshold, that's good enough. So if he's getting there, mm-hmm. then it's you know he's getting enough snaps.
3: Um, we talk
1: about your team, Carolina though. They're a fun watch this year, right? Yeah, I heard Terrence Marshall uh, got carted off today though.
0: He did get carted
1: off. Uh, did you see
2: it? They, they so they had the, all the notifications, and then one of them like he was on a golf cart. The rest of them were, like he left on a stretcher or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's a massive difference. I don't know which one it is.
0: Yeah. So he was carted off at practice today. I don't, I haven't seen specifics on what happened. Um, and yeah, I guess they're my NFC team since Jacksonville is my AFC team, but, um, at least from a hometown perspective, they are the closest. So before we move on to them though, I do have one question for you and it's about Jamo, um, six game suspension in the games that he did play last year off the injury. Um, He I don't want to say he didn't live up to expectations, but like I guess just what 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 does he have to do after coming back from suspension for you to be like, okay, this guy's not a bust? Cause I and I know that's probably a hard question to ask because he missed a major like a chunk of his rookie year with the injury, but just because of what production level he has had so far when he has played, I'm concerned that he's leaning more towards that. Well, I, I mean,
1: the unfortunate thing with him is that people are going to because we're in such a world where you have to have immediate results, like anything yeah. that's slow rolling gets to be hard Guy's been injured and then suspended. It's like, he's just not, he's not getting a chance to spend the time and get the reps with these guys. So my mind it, it, this year, I've already said he's probably not really going to be a huge fantasy producer, but I'm not out on him just yet because the talent was there coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He needs to get the reps. He needs to get the time with the team. I mean, it's just, it, it's stuff that it, he's kind of shot himself in the foot. No Plexco Burris pun intended, but
3: <laughs> it's, he it's did, one of those things it where purpose. it's like
1: he needs that time. And in season is not that time. Like he's going to come back from a six game suspension and it's going to be another slow role where he's just not getting heavily involved for, you know, because the team has their game plan. They've got their guys, the, the units cohesive, and they're not going to try, I mean, they're going to try to work him in, but it's like, he's going to get a lot of outs and a lot of stuff that just deep take the top off the cover, off the defense. And let's see what happens. And it's like, eh, he's going to need more time. So if he isn't productive again this year, I would not be surprised, but then I would still be trying to buy him again next off Like I was this one, because I'm intrigued to see what happens with him. This team still needs that big play threat. amon Ra is yeah. great,
0: but they don't have that guy. And that could be Jamo. Yeah. I'm good at yeah, that. I- well, and Jamo, Cause the guys that you do have there are like Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds, who I think from a fantasy perspective are fine from like a, their ceiling is a flex level player, but JMO has that talent to take it to wide receiver two
2: with some wide receiver one weeks in there potentially. Right. Absolutely. um mm-hmm. I th- It's very interesting. Just, like, he's got the ultimate context guy at the moment. yeah. Because if, if it's, like, second year where it just doesn't come together for him, people in Dynasty in particular are just going to be out. People are going to be like, you know what? I don't want him. Just take him. So if you're still in on him, which I'm assuming people who were big fan, like, I was a big fan of him coming out. Like, <laughs> the stuff he can do on the football field is tantalizing, right? So, yeah, there could be a serious buy window this next year coming around on JMO if it just yeah. doesn't happen, which it might not because you're missing six games right out the gate, and that's just – that's tough to recover from in general. Oh, is
0: Cooper Cup at pick one? I'm assuming that means in a 12-man PPR
2: a bad pick, or is Justin Jefferson the obvious answer? It's not a terrible. It's, it's like it's so not I a have bad pick. It's just there's just more question marks with Cup. Like that's the issue. Like you yeah. have the injury history with him, like another injury, and then you have Stafford, who it could be a terrible offense, right? So yeah, but like he was better than Jefferson last year for PPR. So from a points per game standpoint, he yes. was he's free up there. Yeah. Like he's um, if he's healthy, he's just, he's going to get stud.
0: Yeah. Um, I I don't think it's a bad pick. I do think Justin Jefferson is the obvious answer and, uh, one QB, um, Brad, anything to add on that?
1: No, I I mean, you're seeing cup go in the back end of round one though. So if you, if you don't take him early, you're not getting him in round two unless people are out on him. Yeah. But yeah, I'm taking JJ.
0: Jameson, sorry, reading this quick. When I got JT Pacheco, uh, James Cook as running backs, and Dotson Cooks, Jameson, Skymore, and Wandell, and half PPR 12-team dynasty keeper league, what should I draft first, RB or wide receiver, got the fourth overall in the first-round pick? Um, it's best player available. Yep. Uh, at that pick, it could be any one of Jameer Gibbs, JSN, jordan addison um feel like i'm forget maybe quentin johnson but i'm not yeah. a quentin johnson guy um
2: so that that would be my thoughts what are you what about you guys yeah that's don't draft for need like you you will reject draft drafting for need like that's something you never want to do because realistically you shouldn't count on this guy but this team's super young and like yeah outside of jt they don't have any
3: real I, difference makers at all
2: so like i would just just draft your favorite player whoever that is like yeah. get that guy I wouldn't worry about a positional need on that team they, like that does not seem like if team I team
0: was going to go positionally be wide receiver even though I absolutely yeah. love Jahan Dotson yeah yeah, nice.
1: yeah I'd probably be taken yeah I'd agree with I mean BPA is always the best way to go right like you can always trade for what mm-hmm. you don't have if you really are that close and you think you need to um, it's probably JSN though. Let's be honest. At one four, I mean, most likely people are so hyped on Gibbs and Bijan, they're probably going in the first two. And yeah. that leaves you, you know, and then that's when things really start to get juicy for guys. So hopefully you get JSN because I would be excited about that.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah 100%. or it's it's him or Addison. Those are like the two guys that go kind of back to so back because people are hyped on Addison now.
1: I, yeah. I you know what? I don't I don't hate any of these high end wide receivers and High end in this draft class, wide receivers—they're all, they all have a thing that you really like. I would, st- I mean, I'm leaning JSN as my wide receiver one, though. Still, me too. Like, yeah, oh, 100%. He's,
0: he's the top guy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk Carolina Panthers, shall we? Bradley, you you brought it up. I'll let you ask the questions. What questions you got for me? <laughs> all right, so uh,
1: I know everybody's seen the funny miniature Bryce Young videos and. <laughs> you know, the, when you first saw him at OTAs behind the offensive line, it looked like it was bring your dad, bring your kid to work day, but yeah. you know, where what's your, so as the guy that's local, I love Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach. I actually just dropped a short on Roto Heats YouTube channel today saying, Hey, position coaches can make fantasy relevance of anybody. And Sean Jefferson is a perfect for that because he had Calvin and plenty of other guys that have been you know, great. How do you feel about this offense and kind of its cohesiveness? So do you feel like it's, because the NFC South is so open right now, do you feel like Bryce Young can pick it up quick enough to make this thing fantasy relevant and NFL relevant this season?
0: I do. Um now we've talked about my my college fandom um a few times on the Podathon. Brad, you know I'm an Auburn fan, so I've seen a lot of and I'm originally from Alabama. I've seen a lot of Bryce Young. Um that dude's like Neo in the Matrix. Like, his pocket poise is ridiculous. So the size thing has never really been a concern for me personally because I think he's smart enough to know when to slide, when to get out of bounds, and how to avoid those monster, monster hits. Now, I was talking with someone at church this past Sunday, and they were like, yeah, uh... I, w- I just want to see Bryce Young get popped and see what happens after that. And he was like literally 30 seconds later, he got crushed, but he bounced <laughs> back. He bounced right back. And so um, I think to ultimately answer your question, I do think Bryce Young is the guy that could take that team, especially in this wide open division, to NFL playoff and, and fantasy relevance. Um, and <laughs> I, I made the joke way early in the offseason – But I'm glad you brought up Sean Jefferson because I didn't know that name. But they also have the second-best wide receiver coach in the league in Adam Thielen. (laughs) Because if you think about it, Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson both had to learn something from Adam Thielen, you would think. Um, You would think so. So uh, I made that joke earlier, but I think (laughs) the – some of the the parts will be greater than any individual part, especially from a fantasy perspective.
1: Okay. So if that's the case, I need you to throw your, throw your hat in the game. Who is wide receiver one by the year end? Like if Ooh. you're looking at production, is it Adam Thielen or is somebody else the guy in
0: Caroline? <sighs> For me, I think I'm going to go DJ Chark. Um, you think he stays healthy? uh yeah because now i gotta go look him up on sleeper real fast um,
3: he, has, he
1: hasn't stayed healthy but he he you know he had the one year with your other favorite team where he had a thousand yards receiving as a i think a rookie maybe yeah so, it's
3: 2019
2: was his best was year 2019.
0: 2019 he finished his wide receiver 17 in ppr um then played 13 games the next season so he's never played a full season but mm-hmm. then the year that he had that Ended his his tenure in Jacksonville. He had that horrific in ankle injury in mm-hmm. Week Four. um Then last year with Detroit, he played 11 games, 52 targets, 30 receptions, 502 yards, three touchdowns. The th- <laughs> the th- main favorite teams that team is talking about at the moment. You know what? Hey, sorry. I was clicking to show (laughs) it.
1: I want to make sure that the fans get to see Shane's favorite teams. Whoever Uh, on the scoreboard
0: right now. No, I picked the Detroit or not the Jesus Christ, the Jacksonville Jaguars, (laughs) and I'm sticking with
3: them. Um,
0: (laughs) But uh, the thing for me with Chark is like, I think the talent and the speed are there, especially with his size. Mm-hmm. that if he does stay healthy, I think it'll be very hard for him not to finish well. Um, and the thing that he's got on Thielen is is age because um, he's only he's only 26 going into what is that year five if my math is correct I think Maybe so even year six no it's year six. <laughs> so he's got the the age on Thelan. And Thielen, I think, is is up there from terms of a wide receiver and being able to produce at what we saw in Minnesota. But he's got experience on Mingo. And with Terrence Marshall Jr. going down, like I think it's gonna be ultimately a two horse race between Mingo and Shark by the end of the season. And I'm picking Shark in that race right now.
1: I really wanted to be Terrace Marshall. I really I, like Terrace Marshall. I, I mean, I like DJ Shark too, but you should like get, next time them. you get Sully on, ask him about DJ Shark. You'll get him really hot and bothered. He hates oh, well. DJ Shark. <laughs> it's fantastic to ask him about DJ Shark. So I, I'll definitely have to do that. So I guess the only other question that I would have is... Does Chuba Hubbard stay a thing? Does he get to to have some relevance or is Miles Sanders just gonna eat all the work if he stays healthy? I guess I should say.
0: Um
1: neither. So the answer is no. Nobody's relevant. Don't touch any of the running backs. Is that what you're telling me?
2: Uh you grew from afar, right? <laughs>
1: That's maybe, maybe maybe ask Jesse then because obviously Jesse is the one that is going to have an unbiased opinion. Like, are any <laughs> of these guys going to be relevant? No, no yeah, that's... So,
2: <laughs> it's, it. Could be ugly. I'm I'm kind of with you.
0: Yeah. The the thing for me, I'm just a Miles Sanders hater. Um, but I don't think we've seen enough from Chuba to really expect more than what he's given us so far. I think athletically, Chuba could be something. But I think his vision is so piss poor that he hasn't done anything with the opportunity that he's gotten. Right. Like it's,
2: yeah. And, and, and they're basically him. the same player. That's what I'm saying. Sanders' vision sucks. Like it's so, <laughs> there was so last year, like it was the perfect situation. And you'd see him just miss these wide open holes. You're yeah, like, dude, they're you basically could, have had this- same he could have had 1500 yards plus last year. Like he left like hundreds of yards. I was just like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's just a terrible pass catcher too. So maybe he gets better again, Sanders, but. Good grief, he's been so bad. I don't know what happened to him. Like coming to the league, I was like, "Ooh, he's promising." It's just yeah, man. The yeah, Penn not, State not backs, the you
1: never know with them Penn State running
2: backs. Oh, <laughs>
1: <sheesh>. <laughs> oh, we didn't. We got to. Oh, I forgot. We didn't finish answering Marco. He said that the guy ahead of him is a JSN fanboy.
2: Then but it's probably take, Addison. Take Gibbs point. if he's if he's gone. Just go Addison, or if he likes QJ, go QJ. Like either one of those two would be fine. Don't go QJ just hey, I, I get it. I get it. But like, there's a pathway like, next year, he could be the wide receiver one on this team. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just people that have no problem taking. I know, I don't have any Johnson shares, but if I could have
1: gotten him, I probably would have drafted him. But I'm a Kendra Miller guy. So I would, I was taking Kendra Miller
2: before Quentin Johnston. Wow. Him. It's been wow. an interesting offseason for him so far with all those yeah. injuries. It's like he got steamed up and it's just like, man, he's just injured left and right. I'm like, yeah, I, know. But I I love myself some Zay Flowers too. So I'm throwing him in there. So if you like Zay Flowers, you can yeah. grab yep. him too. But yeah they're don't all, be afraid to,
1: but also don't be afraid to trade back like Marco, yep. yeah, my, my encouragement to you would be is if you don't love
2: any of those guys right there trade the pick if you and love if a gibbs, guy take him if gibbs is on like if you have a shot at gibbs someone's going to pay up for him because people love yeah. gibbs like i have a top five dynasty running back so people love him so they will pay you a handsome reward for him yeah yeah so um, it
1: really just depends on how those first first couple picks roll out if you if you can get a guy you love take him otherwise trade it i mean next year's draft class i mean everyone always says next year's draft class is huge but people are always okay with trading next year's draft class picks to get up into these years and get move up and you know i'm Mm -hmm. if i think a draft class and i you know i do a lot of draft stuff with draft countdown so i you know i study the draft classes in the future and if you need running back and wide receiver help next year you're gonna have plenty of options as well just like you had this year so Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh
1: I don't think we have, I have any more Carolina Panther related questions because from that's the fine. Aside, Jacksonville Jaguars, fantastic. Well, yeah, so I'm going to ask Jesse about Jacksonville Jaguars because obviously, fair, but, he's but going I to have give a biased
0: opinion. I have a Carolina question for you uh, on defense, oh, and um, it it should be pretty easy. Like how how high do you think Brian Burns? can ultimately finish from a defensive end standpoint. Ooh. Oh, I love Brian Burns.
1: I'm kind of a Me Brian too. Burns Homer. I've, dra- I've drafted him in a lot of IDP leagues. I mean, he could easily be one of your top edge players, especially because some of these, you know, some of these linebackers are kind of all over the place. Uh, and then, you know, depending on how, and the other part of it is how they play him. If it's got the dual flexibility where you can play defensive end linebackers in the same role. I still think Brian Burns has potentially be kind of one of those top three-ish to five-ish uh overall IDP edge players or defensive ends, depending on how you look at it. Big fan. I think you know, uh Frank Reich's scheme looks for one of those really elite pass rushers. So when you have a guy like Brian Burns, Frank Reich's defense should be able to kind of build around what he can do. And their defensive line's good. They got you know Brown next to him. They've got uh Matos who can be a space eater. He's not going to be a guy that really attacks the same way. Uh you know I'm all for
0: oh that's a solid solid traded
1: lock yeah oh yeah that's huge i traded i traded for brian burns at a few spots this year uh flipped a player straight up for him and and that's great great deal for you marco because burns is young you know what is he 24 25 i mean you're still going to get years
2: of production
0: he's 24 yeah
2: yeah Yeah, and the panthers love him like they wouldn't include him in the deal to move up to one like he was off limits and i was like when they said that i was like wow they do love him yeah i mean it's kind of surprised though that's what
1: people are trying to get in the draft they're trying to get what ryan burns is so it's like why trade what you need anyway it's outside of the quarterback it's like one of the highest priority positions so yeah makes sense uh what else oh he said i could trade that pick but we have a pick for pick trade system i saw that and i was like oh that sounds awful so yeah, I mean, mm. then don't trade the pick. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's say he let's say he does want to do a pick for pick, Jesse. What kind of deal would would get somebody picked
2: for? What would you be okay with taking in this draft class? Like if I'm moving back, you mean? Like yeah. what added yeah. on or yeah? That's gonna. Be, so I have Gibbs in a completely different tier. Like outside JSN's the closest, but like if we're just using ADP, he's going multiple rounds ahead of these wide receivers. Like QJ is like round six. Zay Flowers is around seven and addison's like pushing around five and gibbs is around three like these are in startup picks so this is super flex we're talking about realistically you need to add a first so if someone wants to add or a player equivalent or first if you're doing picks you'd have to find someone who is the top top 30 dynasty asset, give or take it might be an older player but if they help your roster like include that type of player just because of the value insulation with gibbs and how how like how much people love him i wouldn't sell him for cheap so i'm not just gonna be like oh here take lock like lock wasn't a deal no it'd have to be someone a lot more valuable than Locke. yeah
3: Sorry, you. You mean
2: i mean it's hard it's hard
1: to be willing to move a pick in in that type of situation yeah it's hard to move
2: that pick unless you really hate the <laughs> hate what's right there. it's interesting like i'd be curious to read the rules just because i'm sure there's more to this than that so it sounds like a unique league setup I hate unique league setups. <laughs> so, so I'll get DMs and they'll be like, that's not my, for my league. I'm like, well, listen, yep. I didn't make this content just for strictly for your league. I'm sorry, but yeah. it's context for everybody That's Like, if you want specifically content, like, give me an advance. I can help you out. But do will just, like, you know, come in. Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, yeah, it's not just for one person.
1: Well, and that's a tough thing. I mean, and once you're, you know, like us, when you're in so many leagues, it's like, man, I would love it to be more just kind of all in the same type of format so I can just. I don't mm-hmm. have to keep resetting my mind as I'm trying to work trades and all that. It's just, that's why okay. I've tried to move all my leagues to sleeper it's, or to one platform. So it just makes my life easier.
2: To try to I'm, on, I'm on, I'm on one ESPN league. And I can't get them to move it. They refuse. They're just stubborn. I'm like, will you please just move to sleeper with me? They're like, no. Like, oh yeah,
1: God. I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, pick a platform. I mean, I like sleeper. Or like, I don't have a yeah. problem with ESPN. Like I would just rather move to just either one. sleeper or MFL because it's all, I mean, it's, those are exactly. both robust and it's all the same. I just, yeah, just keep settings. it all in
2: one place. It's so much easier. All right. So he said something about, or waddle for the, four. yeah. Like if you want to move them for waddle, particularly with your team though, it doesn't look like you're competing. So yeah, just get waddle and you could just live with that. Like I Huge. would prefer waddle. JSN is the only one that's like that. I might keep over waddle, but realistically, like you can just ride with waddle. You know, he's good and he'll be good for a long time. So yeah, if you want to do that, do that. Yeah. If you can get
1: waddle for four overall, I would jump all over that because yep. you know, Tyreek's already told you his
2: expiration date. What has he got, a year or two? I mean, he's not going to be around much longer. Yeah, so. yeah. And, like, he's one of the most – he was one of the most efficient players along with Tyreek last year. Like, he's going to be good, even if it's low volume. 115 targets, it doesn't matter. He's fantastic. hundred percent. All right, guys. I am uh, answering some
0: questions in the sleeper leagues for the tournament. No, um, you're fine.
1: Well, then I'll just I'll- ask Jesse some questions until you're ready. Well, I'll answer
0: them publicly, too, just so they're out here, too. The clock pauses at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I think it might be 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, But then pause – actually, it's 11, and then pauses till 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, It is an automatic pause uh, within safer, but you can still draft, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, that is what I needed to know. And then we now have our next guest. So before I bring him on, gentlemen, um, where can people – plug what you need to plug whether it's just a twitter handle an article rankings etc um brad will let you go first and then we'll close it out with jesse and bring our next guest on yeah man thank
1: you for the invite i love helping and anything i can do so pods shows whatever i can do to help so always glad to help a a good cause and and good people you know jesse it's been a pleasure talking, to you man i haven't got this chat with you at all and this has been a blast man i've enjoyed it i enjoyed Um, it thank you search roto heat you'll find i mean if you look on roto heat on youtube you're gonna see my face plastered all over it because i typically Edit and build a lot of our video content along with Rick and some of the other guys. Um, that's the main part. RotoHeat.com. You can find all our rankings. I do IDP Devi. Uh, I think I even dropped Superflex Devi, full IDP Devi here this year. So there's all my ranking stuff are up there. Uh, thank you.
0: I also did my first Devi rankings this time, and they're probably extremely hot garbage. So uh, just ignore them and look at Brad's. That'd
1: <laughs> I mean, be such a shoot. Let's let's slow down there
2: oh man debbie i have been like one or two debbie leagues and it's a zoo it's fantastic i love it but it's just so wild it's the wild wild west with how those those debbie rankings change year to year like oh yeah this guy's great and then he's worth nothing actually yeah oh goodness all right yeah so i guess i'll plug my content um you can find me at p2w or the league winners do all my written content there redraft dynasty if you want specific league advice or whatever i'm always happy to hop on twitter you can or the X platform now that it's called, you can find me JML05. Just reach out. Yeah, give him the DMX. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, I have I'm on YouTube. I have multiple podcasts. I do one called the Fantasy <laughs> Football Fanatic. One with my buddy Prue Patel, who's coming on later. We do FF Squared podcasts. You can find us YouTube, League Winners as well. And that's that's basically the spiel. There's other things, but like at a certain point, it's just it's too much. So yeah, just find my content anywhere with that that username, you'll see me everywhere. Cool.
3: Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Thanks Shane. See you, brother. See you all Later. later.